you'll open your Bibles tonight to Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32. I want to be able to cover some of the uh, verses through th- verse 33. And uh, so what I'm going to do, <clears throat> I have a little poem here. It says, O Lord, whomever thy grace has blessed, causing thy name to be confessed, will thou quicken them to see that each one's serve, uh, service owes to thee. Enkindle in each heart such flame as shall consume all coward shame. The time is short, the life is flying, and all around us souls are dying. Stir up, O Lord, each heart and will, and with thine own compassion fill. As my text tonight, I would like to use verse 6 of Numbers 32. It says there, Shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? Good question. Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? See, all the people have a common cause. There was 12 tribes, yet there was one nation. And the weakness or the strength of the one depended on the whole. We are the body of Christ. And the strength of the whole depends on the individual. I was thinking of uh, the presentation that General Schwarzkopf put on at the end of the war. He had his maps up and showed the strategy that he had used to overcome Iraq. And yet, I'm sure that the dog soldier or the, uh, the marine, the leatherneck, who was in the foxhole, who was on the front line, uh, who was firing the artillery, a lot of times they didn't even know what they were firing at. They were just giving, given the coordinates and the elevation, and they were told to fire. They didn't have the overall plan. And neither do we. God one day will show us the great strategy He has used in overcoming this world for the Lord Jesus Christ, saving souls from the devil and overcoming the devil. Hallelujah. But it takes every one of us, every individual, Jesus said, I have called you friends. He said, you know, you don't show your strategy to 
to just anybody. He said, I've called you friends. And because we are friends of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has revealed some of the things to us as to how this war is to be won. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew 23. And verse 8, it says, But you do not, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teacher, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be the, your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be abased, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, it's no longer pastor and laity. It's no longer them and us. We are in this war together. We have the power given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are to occupy till he comes. It's not the church or my church George corrected me on that one time. I'm, you get so you feel like, well, this is my church. It's not. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's not any one individual's church. We're all, we are the church. And we're all a part of the church. And we all bear equal responsibility before God. And we've all been given the great commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth, unto the end of the age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But putting self-interest first is a great danger. And that's what was happening here in verses 1 through 5 of our text tonight. They came into the land and they saw that it was a good land for livestock. Behold, the place was a place for cattle, it says in the King James, I believe. Verse 1. They were more interested in their own possessions than they were in possessing what God had given them. And Christians today 
settle down in the knowledge of salvation and they forget that there's a work to be done. We can't. Yes, Jesus came. Jesus died for me. Jesus gave me salvation. Glory to God. But that's not all there is to it. See, he is washing his church by the washing of the water, by the word. Amen? He's cleansing his church. He's making his church ready. His church is the bride of Christ. He is coming for his church without spot, without wrinkle. We are, have we, we have a great commission to occupy till he comes, to go ye therefore into every nation, teaching them to observe whatever I've commanded you. We've, we go and preach the gospel to every creature. We are to be a, an occupying force. We have a commission to go and evangelize. It's not just the fact. He's not coming just for me. He's coming for all of us. And so we need to be ready. We need to be about our Father's business. Exodus 34.14 says, for thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And when we put anything ahead of God, that becomes an idol. Whether it's our home, whether it's our family, whether it's our automobile, whether it's the television, whether it's our job, whatever it is that we put ahead of God is an idol. And these people were putting their livelihood ahead of the will of God. The will of God was that they go in and possess the land. And they said, this is a good land for cattle on this side, Jordan. Let us stay here. <clears throat> and so selfish interests can bring discouragement to others, as we see here in verses 7 through 10. Their forefathers had perished. And we talked about that this morning, how they had had an opportunity to go in and take the land. And they just plain disobeyed. They, they refused to do what God had told them to do. And we looked at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1 this morning. And if you want to just flip back to Deuteronomy 1 for a moment... we find that in verse 26 that they rebelled. We find that in verse 27 they murmured. We find that in verse 28 that they discouraged their brethren. We find that in verse 32 they, they, uh, they were filled with disbelief. Well, over in 1 Corinthians 10, it says that these things were written for our admonition. These things were written for our learning. They, their bones dried in the desert. They were lost in the desert because of their unbelief. Because of their murmuring. And we are to learn from these things. And so we're to learn from this situation where... 
where the uh, children of Gad wanted to stay on this side, Jordan. But we have to realize that God is interested in every one of us. Just because we found salvation doesn't make an end of it. There's many out there yet that still haven't found salvation. And we've got to bring them into the promises of God. It's, it's a war and we've got to get involved in this warfare. God has supplied us with the weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. And we are well able to win the battle. But we're to be involved in the battle. We can't just settle down here on our backsides, so to speak, and, and, and not worry about our brothers and our sisters. There's still other people out there that God wants to save. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. And so we're to seek the good of others. And in helping others, we're helping ourselves. And we're helping the cause of God. Shall your brothers go to war and you sit here? Is it fair that some people are out there fighting the battle for souls and we're sitting doing nothing? That's what he was getting on these, these people about. Hey! You were all called to the promised land. If you want to stay on that side, Jordan, stay there. But you have a responsibility to the body. There's a work to be done. And it's not fair that you should sit here while your brothers go to war. It's not fair that some should sit on on the pews while others go out and witness. We're all called to be witnesses. Turn with me to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Jesus went about all the cities, verse 35, and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick and every diseased among the people. But when they saw the multitude, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. And that, that word means that he was deeply stirred down at gut level. Inwardly, he was stirred. He felt for these people. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And when we look upon the lost of this world, 
It ought to move us with compassion. We shouldn't look upon them with horror. We should look upon them with compassion. These are people who are lost. These are people who are blinded. These are people who are going to hell. These are people who need Jesus Christ. These are people who Jesus died for. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. Turn with me to Matthew 12. Verse 30. I did, I'm not saying this. I'm repeating what Jesus said. These are his words. It's in red in my Bible, which means it's the words of Jesus. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. If you're not involved in reaching souls, then you're against the work of God. That's what it says. You gotta get off the fence. You can't sit down. You've got to go to war. You've got to realize that you're a part of the whole. It's up to the whole body of Christ to win souls. Amen? The Reubenites and the Gadites, by not gathering, by not going to war, if they would have stayed on that side of Jordan, they would have been guilty of scattering, of sinning against the Lord, it said. And Moses knew that there, if we're going to win this war, there has to be a unity. God has got an overall game plan. And as I said before, it takes every one of us. Every one of us. Hallelujah. In our text, verse 23, we find that doing nothing is sin against the Lord. But if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord. By not doing it, they were not doing the will of God. And they could end up in the wilderness just like the generation before them. They could be lost out there compassing Mount Seir. But God says, I want you to go in and take the land. I want you to possess the land. Let's not settle for something second best. 
Let's go for the kingdom of God. Let's go for everything they are. Let's not be satisfied with one beautiful sanctuary here. Let's be satisfied only when we see the beauty of souls being swept into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24. Verse 30. I went by a field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So your poverty will come like a, uh, like a prowler and your want like an armed man. God has given us as overseers of his vineyard and all we got to do is sit back and do nothing and the church will fail in its mission just do nothing and pretty soon, a congregation of 70 becomes 50. Instead of seeing souls coming into the kingdom, you see, see a dwindling. You see sin creeping in by just doing nothing. That's how backsliding comes about. Backsliding doesn't come about because you determine in your mind, I'm going to backslide. It doesn't work that way. All you got to do is do nothing. And you'll begin to backslide. That's exactly the testimony of my youngest son. He says, I realize now I have to stay active in the things of God. I've got to stay active in the Word of God. By doing nothing is why I backslid. There's truth there. Hallelujah. See, these people, by just standing idle, by taking their possession on the wrong side of the river, yeah, it looked good over there. But by doing their own thing, they were not doing, going to be doing God's thing. And Moses told them, you're sinning against your brother. Hallelujah. Then verses 28 
22, or 20 through 22, we see a devotion to the interests of the kingdom of God. And by being devoted to the interests of the kingdom of God, it secures present blessings. The reason many Christians have not entered in, in a um, soul-satisfying portion in their life is because they have ceased to help others. The most satisfying thing you can find is when you are involved in helping others. Give and it shall be given unto you. Amen? Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know not of. I've got something that satisfies my soul. I just feed that hunger with not material food, uh-uh, but by doing the will of God. I just feel such a satisfaction. And they had gone into town to get him something to eat. He'd been sitting there by the well talking to a Samaritan woman. He said, I'm not hungry anymore. I have food to eat that you know not of. It was more satisfying to him than a good steak. Amen? Just leading that woman to the knowledge of her need for a Savior. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love. Love. And as we, we fulfill the law of Christ by loving one another, Amen? Hallelujah. And so, as I was reading this, that particular verse, shall your brother go to war? And will you sit here? Just kind of leaped off the page at me. I said, oh no, God. Father, I want to be involved. I, I want to be busy doing thy will. I want to see souls saved. I want to see others come into the possession of these great promises of God. Verse 23 says, But if ye will not do so, Behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. We'll never get involved in doing what God wants us to do until we see it's a sin not to do it. You see, most of us don't look at it as 
Well, I haven't led a soul to the Lord in a year. You know, so what? But when we begin to look at it, if we're not involved in gathering, we're scattering. And when we look at it in the light of we're sinning against the Lord by not doing it because he died for those people. He shed his blood for those people. And he deserves those souls. And by not going and witnessing, we're sinning against God. That's, that's heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff. And I'm not saying it to, to bring you people under guilt. I'm saying it because I need to hear it as well as you do. We need to be involved, actively involved in doing the will of God. 